Oh, some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. Yes, coming in hot with episode 112 of the Football Played on Paper podcast. Back in your life. We've had a nice little vacay um, over the break. Um, most of the Premier League players went to Dubai. Um, we all stayed home in our home offices, so not a lot to report. But, um, Job, looks like you've been eating well. How are you, mate? <laughs> yeah, I've been been out in the pasture, um, so it's been really, <laughs> really good. Um, no, I look great. Good to be back. I um, I am a huge fan of the international break, and then that was solidly followed up with a wonderful round of FA Cup fixtures, so I'm buzzing to be here. Very good. And the um, Pods Egyptian fan, Barney, you're with us. How are you, mate? You'll be buzzing. Final, huh? Yeah, was buzzing until the big final happened, and then it was uh, all gone too soon, the old Egyptians. Yeah, no good. And the pods Algerian fan, um, still still mourning an early exit yeah. for the Algerians. Nah, not much you can do. They just didn't want it as much as the uh, Liverpool boys. Uh, it was very AFCON-esque to see a nil-all draw in the final. I was pretty happy with that. I'm a big fan of scoreless draws. They're, I think they're the most underrated type of match in football, so <laughs> only the purists would understand that. That's, that's a lie. <laughs> oh, uh, 100%. And, um, yeah, the drama continues there with the refereeing. And did you see the referee trying to hand over his cards? And, and, uh, and no, I missed that. Uh, Mo, and, and he said, oh, yeah, you do it that. if it's so easy. Yeah. Oh, and Mo no. was giving him a mouthful. So oh, did, did Mo accept that or not? Because he didn't take a penalty when the game was in clutch. So I don't know. Did he end up refereeing? Yeah, no. So yeah, the, he was um, off the side. <laughs> the FA is still in negotiations with Liverpool to break his calls and, um, and see if they can get get that 115 million pound buyout clause and um, become a liner. So, but they, you did would have noticed, job. He didn't get the full gig. He was uh, in the penalty shootout. He was the goal line ref just to see if the keeper yeah. comes off his line. So they didn't want to start him in the deep end. But... Hey, got to start somewhere. Um, yeah, exactly. I feel as though Mo would be one of those. Like you know how you have like a linesman who wears like um, mercurial, like silver mercurial <laughs> yeah. boots, but like he's running the line or something like that. Yeah, it's one of those. Or like you know any any referee who's got like. Any other color than black boots, hey, I'm just not having. If you're a referee and you're and you're wearing the new F50s, I mean, get out of my face. <laughs> you're not wearing uh, some sort of Asics type uh, type runner that comes yeah. up to your ankles. Give me a grass cutter, something I can respect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotta be compass, surely. <laughs> All right, boys, we've got a stack show. Um, we got some weekly happenings, um, a bit of transfer news, a shit ton of FA Cup. Who cares? Um, and then we've got uh, we're back into the prem. Thank God. Um, everyone's getting itchy feet and we are back in your life. So without further ado, Barn, take us through the weekly happenings and a bit of transfer chat. All righty, let's start over in Africa where football is coming home to Senegal. Oh, the big boys, have, big boys have won it. First time they've ever won the competition, uh, the 15th different team to win the competition now. That's good to see. Officially. Uh, and I think they were also the favourites going into the tournament. So for once, the favourites have actually gone all the way through and won it. Uh, and it was a pretty dominant display from them throughout the final game. And apart from the referee trying to give his whistle and cards over to Salah, it was a little bit 
uneventful compared to some of the other AFCON dramas we've seen. Job, what did you think of Senegal's performance? Yeah, Barney, Senegal clearly the better side on this occasion. Their most impressive player on the pitch was, I'm going to get this wrong, I feel like Abu Gabai, the Egyptian goalkeeper. I thought he had an excellent oh, game. God, he was good. <laughs> yeah, and um, even like from early on from saving the penalty from Mane, uh, very impressive. But, yeah, very really disappointing final. But I suppose if you have so much controversy building up to this final, then it was always going to disappoint. But I wouldn't mind like a corruption scandal or something following. Just to really the competition's not over long. yet. Yeah, it's not over, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Got a couple of appeals to get through. But yeah. the other thing that was really disappointing was um, I know they strategically tried to play it, but Mo Salah not taking a penalty just seems absolutely scandalous in this was, situation. Yeah, so I didn't really check the details of that. Um, the highlights package I was able to find didn't have all 15 penalties, was it? Who's your so. African football provider? <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, I can't remember. It's um, <laughs> Afcon at underscore rip at underscore seventy nine on YouTube somewhere. Can't remember. But uh, did he was he in the list somewhere or just way further down? Did make the five fifth Num- number five, baby. Oh, you yeah, did Ronaldo. Wanted, wanted to be a hero, uh, and then just end up not taking <clears throat> one. Didn't make so it. Cristiano Ronaldo position for penalty shootouts. But um, people who know Afcon better than me um, were saying that Senegal had a bit of a. Uh, bit of Italy about them where they sort of started slow and then built their way in the tournament. Drew yeah. a couple of games early um, and then, yeah, got on a bit of a run. So, yeah. I don't want to – There you go. I was just going to say the Egyptians, like I, I feel like Salah was pretty isolated up front and they were just happy to leave him up front and sort of, you know, pop one up long to him and hope he can beat a few players and get through. But Senegal were really – absolutely splitting apart the Egyptian defense, even though they were sitting back a bit. And there was like so many occasions where they just passed like between two defenders into a uh, on-running like uh, Senegalese winger or or someone like that. And there was so many chances. And like Jobba said, like the Egyptian keeper was the only thing keeping them in that game because the defense was not doing anything to help out the situation. Um, and I just wanted to shout out to... Bumba Diang, who came on for Senegal in the second half, and I think his only task was to receive the ball, turn, take three steps and shoot because he had about four long shots and about three other shots on target in like 30 minutes of football. It was unreal to watch him. You played that role job for a while, didn't you? Yeah, yeah not poorly. well, not well, but um, I've <laughs> definitely been asked to. It was more just like booted into a corner or a car park. So. Yeah, that's yeah, coming so out the of the same defense, role, just not... a bit deeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot deeper. Dif- different application, so I understand. Same outcome. <laughs> it was a great <laughs> win for Senegal, and it was probably the two best teams in the tournament in the final here. Unlucky for Egypt, but they've already won it seven times, so sucked in. Uh, <laughs> and. That is it for AFCON 2022. Hey, Apologies to our Egyptian <laughs> listeners. I'm, quite, I'm, I'm, I'm big in Cairo. I'm sad to see the <laughs> tournament go, really. I know, um, Job, you belittled the whole tournament before it started, but I'm actually a big fan and I respect it. I might, I might add some skin in the game. Some of the results, some, some of the yeah. results I knew ahead of time. So some anyway. of the betting, yeah, <laughs> places you've been betting, mate. I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised by that at all. For, for all those Afcon haters before the tournament who were saying like, why are they, why is it even on during the season? Like, what's the point? I think it's already proven that with how much entertainment everyone got out of it. Whether it was a good yeah. game or a refereeing catastrophe, it was well <laughs> worth a watch. Well, that goes to my next question, Job. What, what was that game you bet on not to go ninety minutes? <laughs> 
I'm just wondering, Barney, so you're, you're a progressive young man, a Zoomer almost. Mm. Um, how, how would you feel about just bringing the AFCON to the USA? Just like do something a little bit more. It's a, it's a knockout the whole way through. Yeah, it's like a, bit a bracket. More, a bit more credibility to the competition. I was thinking a bit more continental. I think next time it should be in Dubai. I think. Mm. You call it the, con, the con bowl. <laughs> some oil money in there. Why not? All righty. Well, that's it for AFCON. Uh, can't wait for the next one. I'm sure it won't be too far away and there'll be more controversies to be had. All right, let's get straight into a wrap-up of all the transfers that happened. And there was a shitload for a January transfer window, let's be honest. So we'll start up in the north at uh, Josh's best mates, Everton, who were really stockpiling not just a bunch of bench warmers, but a new uh, gaffer as well. Bench warmer gaffer, yeah. Big Frankie boy is in charge and he's brought in Deli Alley and Donny Vanderbeek into the system. Sean O, did you see this one coming? Oh, yeah, I didn't see this one coming, but who could? How are you meant to follow a club's philosophy when their philosophy is scattergun approach, sign whoever you can get? <laughs> sign instead of attacking midfielders, pay, right? Who cares That's if we it. pay overs? Um, and for those uh, fashion forward listeners like myself, um, I encourage you to track down Dally Alley's outfit when he was um, oh, unveiled yeah. to, the, oh, to yeah. the Everton fans when he's walking on the pitch. Firstly, those jeans are too big. Secondly, how many crucifix do you need on one pair of jeans? <laughs> did you Not did you see he did like his own announcement video? Like he had <laughs> he he filmed himself like driving up to the Everton training center, like being walked through the training center, meeting Frank, um, meeting a few of the players and stuff, getting his shirt, doing a signing and all that. Mm. And he but it was his own video, like filming. Oh, they didn't have a yeah. camera crew follow him as well. It wasn't even Everton, it was just him just doing it on oh, his own. And it was like that's it was so Povo. It was a, it was a little cringe. But we call that uh content. Needing some content. That's yeah, you have your that. personal yeah. TikTok, but you gotta have a camera crew from the club at least. Jesus, mm. now that I know where all the money's gone into the transfers and ugh. Really? Boys, I'll, I'll just gear us back towards the football here. So, Sean, mm, on, no, your, stay away from it. on your on your <laughs> scattergun approach, so Everton on the verge of relegation, like not too far out of the, the relegation spots, and they signed Donny van der Beek and Deli Alley. Is, is there a lot more risk to these signings than they should be taking on at this stage? You'd think so. I think in their position, I would have thought they would sign sort of known quality performers in positions which they they really need. So if you look at their um, results so far this season, very leaky at the back, not a lot of um, strength in, in the midfield, and probably the wide areas is what they what they need to replace. And even even someone to um, help out uh, the big fella down the middle. Do you know what I mean? Like as soon as he got injured, they really struggled struggled for goals. So I don't know. I could probably identify three or four positions where you could sign sort of known quality Premier League players to get them out of the trouble they're in. Um, but they've just gone for like mercurial number tens, really, who are like flashing the pans. Um, <laughs> two of them. <laughs> kind of two enough. Of them. I think it's great, and are you, and it's not. You, they're not even out of form. They just don't play. Like, they don't have form. <laughs> <laughs> form. You don't have form. Out of forms and out of teams. Yeah, it's not even yeah. if they're like, oh, it's all right. They're out of form. Frank can get a tune out of them. It's like they don't even play. How would you even know? Like, yeah, it does. Gotta roll unusual. the dice, mate. I, I like it. You go, Barn. You go. Oh, okay. I was, I was, I was gonna say. I also worry about how you're gonna fit those two guys in the system. So if he went up with a three-four-three. 
in the first game of the FA Cup. And I'm pretty sure that was a common setup he ran at uh, Chelsea when he was there as well. So I don't really know how either of those players are going to fit because they're both real good players in a 4-3-3, I find. So with like a, a attack, more attacking midfielder. So I don't see how those two are going to fit into that system too well. Like I'm, And I think Donny will uh, fit in better than, than Delhi. But yeah, I was... I was uh, I was happy when they got Donny because I just want to see him play. But then I was like very, like unsure about them signing Delhi. I mean, they got him very cheap. It was like ten mil. I think it's a lot of it's geared towards like appearances and stuff like that. The fee will go up a lot higher. But like ten mil at the moment, especially if he's going to end up being a bench warmer, it, it's not super risky either. So I don't know. It could work out. I don't see it working out as much with it, Delhi. Yeah, and I think what you might have forgotten, though, is that Yerry Mina's back full-time again. So, they're set at the back. They don't need anyone else. And I think Michael <laughs> Keane has got uh, extended studs on now, so he won't be looking like he's on ice skates all the time. And uh, <laughs> so, they might as well spend the money on 10s, get more 10s. How, how did they get through the window without being like, that's a problem. That's a, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's in, a real problem for us. In the midfield, they normally play um, Decore and Allen next to each other. They play pretty much all... Of the game so far this season, um, Andre Gomez normally plays in that ten spot, uh, and then they play with like a couple of wingers and then Dominic up top. So, yeah, like I don't know where does Dally fit in that? Does he fit on the wing? And and where does um, Donny fit then? Because like Decore or Allen, you like that's like their backbone really of their team, and um, probably one of the things that you know made them strong. Maybe Frank hasn't watched Everton play this season yet. He has no idea what he's walking into. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> I, I, I just don't think that they think they're in a relegation scrap. But if like things don't go well for the next you know few games, they're definitely going to be in there. So it will be, uh, it'll yeah. be interesting to see how these signings turn out. It could be, for, sorry, it could yeah. be one of those ones where there's just three teams that are worse. Like they were terrible, but there's just three teams that are worse. Do you know? What I mean? Oh yeah, it would be one of those an absolute shock if Everton actually got relegated. But like, they are still down there at the but moment. Out, outside of Burnley, everyone else below them looks slightly better for one reason or another. So Newcastle obviously have signed and a bunch of players. Yeah, Watford have got Roy Hodgson, who like Here we I go. feel Roy like the if boy. you ah oh, fuck, I was waiting for this, but I'm going <laughs> to throw it in there anyway. Roy the boy's back, and he's fucking fighting above his weight too. Um, already got already <laughs> got him already got him keeping clean sheets. Um, yeah, unreal first, clean yeah, sheet. First, six managers. Six managers ago, it was 33 yeah. games. Um, and Norwich Norwich <laughs> put on a good display. Uh, last time they played. So, I don't know. Everton are in a relegation battle. Like, they're not nearly. They're only three points above Norwich. So, they're the yeah. worst form team in the competition. So, four lost four of their last five. Um, Burnley's in better form than them. Smash Brentford, I, though. <laughs> I also worry they're a team that couldn't defend before they got rid of Rafa. And now they've got a manager in who has never really had a good defensive philosophy in all the teams he's coached. They've scored well, team. but yeah. they've they've have always defended pretty poorly. So I also so, worry about that being in the position they're in. What, what do you think about or what do we think about um, Frank's selection of a job? So he lost lost his job at Chelsea, said he learned some stuff, went away, did some more study and wants to get back in the game. But I'm just not sure he's made the best decision with Everton. Is it, did he go too early? Should he have waited for another job? What does everyone think? 
I reckon he's got to take what he can get at this stage. He needs to do that, and then he's got to prove himself in that job to to get like fully back and respected. So I think he just jumped at the opportunity, which probably yeah. was the right choice. In I my agree. Opinion. He's probably jumped at the opportunity, but that's what I'm thinking. Has he jumped too soon? If he waited a little bit longer, would there be a better opportunity open up? I don't know about a better. Oh, actually, no, I think there would be a better opportunity because this right now this seems like a bit of a basket case. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's a shit where they've got there. they've got money, but they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And the owner the owner keeps backing them, but he's like just keeps pointing the wrong people. So now they have a team that looks like three, four managers have tried to put a team together in every which way. I think it's a bad decision from Frank, but at the same time, like clubs shouldn't exactly be sniffing around for him after the Chelsea fiasco. Like, I, I don't thought know. He was I, okay at Chelsea. It, it feels similar. Like when he had the transfer ban, he did okay with Chelsea with those um, younger players, and then he signed a bunch of players. And as the signings kept rolling in, I just thought, "Geez, at this point, it's, it's either win or he gets fired." Um, and did- it's got it's got feels about that with Everton, right? So a struggling team a little bit, and then Frank comes in, and they sign a bunch of players, and so the expectations aren't that we ruin a relegation scrap. The expectation is that you know you, you make your way up the table and finish tenth. So do you, do you think it's fair to say he struggled to integrate players once he had the ability to sign them? So at Everton, he's like trying to integrate everyone now. So it really could be problematic. That and managing expectations, yes. Yeah, I, I genuinely think it could be a dumpster fire. Mm, I think it's going to be very high risk, high reward, uh, and it could go very poorly for him. All righty. Let's move on now to a club close to my heart, Tottenham Hotspur. Speaking of dumpster fires. Hey, 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 hey. Got it. Made a few signings. Their transfer policy this January window was to sign strikers who don't actually want to come to the club and then just get the Juventus scraps. So we've chased Diaz, uh, ended up at Liverpool. Chase Vlavic ended up at Juventus. So then we just asked Juventus what they got lying around. and they. Is that Matore? You may- yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Went to Traore. Barca. Couldn't get it. <laughs> That's the worst <laughs> one. Could the 10% not sign, of the price. Could not sign a Wolves bench warmer. Uh, ended up signing Dejan Kulosevsky and uh, Bentacor from... Juventus, who actually I am actually pretty happy with. They're two good young kids, but I guess that's back to sort of normality for Tottenham is signing young kids with high potential, but necessary, not necessarily proven yet in the league. Sort of rebuilding phase for you guys, isn't it? The last couple of decades? Last, yeah, last <laughs> last 10 years or so. Since 2004, and, yeah. And Barney, Brian Gill proved to be an astute signing as well. Yeah, I've, I, had, I really like uh, Brian Gill, but like I guess if... Conte's come in and he's not going to play, then get him out on loan playing somewhere. And obviously he's going to look good in Spain and might put him in the shop window at least if 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 uh, nothing else. Um, I, think, I think he looks good. He looks good anywhere. He's a pretty good looking bloke, to be honest. Yeah. yeah can't good to go. So Brian Gill, I mean, if someone was to say, hey, there's this guy named Brian Gill, what job does he do? I'm saying accountant straight off the yeah, bat. Yeah, like a lawn mowing. Yeah. There's H&R yeah. Block written all over that. Yeah, he's got he's got a short sleever. It's tucked into the front of his pants. He's wearing <laughs> those gut pants and then he can't get the top button undone and he's got one of those like mustaches, goatee things. He's like a half-eaten dog. Out yeah, elastic-waisted suit pants. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, got, he's got an elastic tie on the back of the door in case a major client comes in. Bought, he's, bought he's him off bar- one of those Instagram ads. No, he's borrowed off Jobber. <laughs> Joe's got the tear of sleeves on those shirts too, don't you, Joe? <laughs> anyway, if you need tax returns, oh. I'll, I'll let you know. 
<laughs> but I guess back to the uh, footballers job I like to say, what do you guys think of Spurs transfer policy? Do you think they've actually done okay? They also got off the books uh, Ndombele as well, went back to Leon on loan. What's what's the policy? Uh, not, 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 not as scattergun as Everton. Yeah, buddy, no. I'm, I'm uh, a fan. I, I, I'm a fan. To be honest, I think they've they've got rid of some players who didn't appear to be happy, and I think potentially were unsettling the squad a little bit. As in Endombele, Deli Ali, not so much Brian Gill, but like those players were hanging around, and everyone's like, "What's he going to do with them?" But I feel like Conte's brought in players now that he's like, "These are my players." Kulusevski's quite good, um, mm. and he went out. He went out on loan somewhere. I think two years ago and was really impressive. Couldn't quite cut it at Juve, but they had like amazing attacking players as well. Um, so I think I think it's a good window for them, but I still think the squad needs to be strengthened further because now I worry a bit about the depth. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, especially in striking role. I think they're trying to turn Bergwijn into like that second striker backup one, but I don't know if he's, he's going to get there. Hopefully he does. Alrighty, let's move on to a club who had a very good transfer window, uh, Newcastle United. They left it late, but they did very well in the end. So they got moving pretty early in the window. They brought in Trippier, uh, Chris Wood from Burnley as well, so weakening a a rival there. Um, And then right at the end, they brought in Bruno Gimaresh from Lyon, who is one of the more like highly rated young midfielders around Europe at the moment. Um, linked with a lot of big clubs. They got Matt Target in from Aston Villa on loan. Uh, good depth and uh, sort of for that left-back position, which they're not super strong at. And Dan Byrne in from Brighton as well. So and, uh, they've really strengthened with a lot of sort of proven, like solid mid-table Premier League players, which is exactly what they need in this situation. That's what Everton yeah. should have done. Yeah, yeah exactly. They've... They've like had the money and they've spent the money, but like they didn't like blow it out like you kind of thought they could. Like they didn't try and sign like Mbappe's and and big people like that. They like, yeah, like they got those 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 proven ish mid table type players to come in, pull us up a few spots, boys, and then and then we'll we'll see how we go next year. I reckon. So yeah, I don't I don't mind it. It was good to see them actually spend some cash and do you know four or so good signings, and uh, we'll see how they work together though. Shauna, you're you're a purist. Are you buzzing to see Trippier right back into Chris Wood, just bend them in, just big Wood getting on the end of him? Yeah. Well, that football. And I'm, <laughs> big that, Wood thinking about and it. And I'm also um, excited to see uh, Big Bird um, coming up for corners and Trips whipping in uh, corners. So that'll, that's also something to look out for. <laughs> Chris Wood he, and Dan Byrne on the end of him. <laughs> Get so out of the way. How, how tall oh, is shit. the Birdman? <laughs> He's six seven. Six seven. Six seven. Is he really? He's fucking hey, massive. Name a name a guy who's six seven. He can't play football. Go. <laughs> Virgil Van Dyke. I see he's six five. <laughs> yeah. Relax, mate. <laughs> oh no! It's, it's been a very good window for Newcastle. They've got out some players who weren't playing, but probably the most annoying part is it's such a boring billionaire takeover of a club, isn't it? Like, yeah, actually true. making reasonable, smart choices. And getting them in for reasonable amounts, like the only flashy one they've signed is a a uh, more attacking-minded defensive midfielder, which is like not as exciting as a Rubinho or something like that. 
Yeah, would, yeah, would you have liked to see Rivaldo brought out of retirement or something like just something to get us going again? Rivaldo, Ronaldinho, front two, I think, you know, would have looked real nice. <laughs> get the front four back think... together from 2002. <laughs> yeah, I think Ronaldinho's going to jail. <laughs> no, he got out of jail in Paraguay, I'm pretty sure. Oh, he did. All right. Yeah, good. yeah, he's, he's all good now. Don't worry about yeah. it. Uh, but yeah, very good window for Newcastle. And the last one here for transfer news is Burnley who managed to sign their new striker to replace Chris Wood in Wout Veghorst. The I think he actually is six foot seven. Uh, he sounds he's, six foot seven. He is. He is, he is yeah. huge. He's and massive. Rumours going around the mill is that Wolfsburg were looking to get him off the books because he is unvaxxed and he's staunchly unvaxxed as well. And he, uh, I think the Bundesliga bring in a new policy soon about around unvaxxed players. So... Yes. They were looking to get rid of him, and Burnley don't check vaccination uh, certificates uh, of players, so they were more than happy to take him on board. <laughs> Easier to do that than to have to tell a six foot seven bloke uh, <laughs> that he's got to go get jabbed in the arm when he doesn't want to. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Trying to tell him to get vaccinated, get punched in the face, Sam. I, I find it so weird that Burnley can have a policy of not checking the back status of their players. Why? Uh, Why like, they don't check the quality of the players? <laughs> <laughs> Just teeing him up for that one, won't you? <laughs> but he is actually a very decent striker. I think he's got almost a hundred goals for Wolfsburg in the past like four years or something like that, or five years. He's Jesus. lethal and he's uh he also only scores goals in the box. He's an absolute fox in the box. And with Burnley's uh game plan of just knocking him in long, it will suit them very well. And I think he should be able to bag a few. Yeah, the, I can't the, wait to see that, actually. Can't wait to see Dashi just screaming at him from the sideline in his short sleeve shirt in the middle of snowstorm. Where's he's he from? Fantastic. What, what nationality is he? He's Dutch. Dutch, yeah, okay. Yeah, he's picturing big. a bit of a Vakita situation. <laughs> For those semi-pro fans out there. <laughs> With Dashi <laughs> screaming at him, learn fucking English. He's Dutch, though. He probably speaks better English than any of us, so there you go. Oh, all righty. Sean, you've got one more you want to yeah. touch on before. Have we got this clear yeah, bomb though, before we before we go through this one? I don't want to... Oh, I thought I'd cover water. it and then we'll get the lawyer to sort it later. So speaking of the Dutchies, um, Mark Overmars, you might remember, um, <laughs> yeah. Pacey Winger. Um, unfortunately, um, this is a bit breaking news actually, um, he's been dumped out of Ajax for um, inappropriate messages. So, yeah, he's left with immediate effect and um, basically this is – I've tried to track down the messages. Um, I know there's a few listeners out there. Just show us like the ones this, he sent you. Like this scant, oh, I can't. They're pictures. Um, <laughs> and, but, um, yeah, try to track them down. They're not available yet, so I will keep searching. So stay tuned for Thursday's pod. Um, but all he's left us with is this quote so far. Last week I was confronted with reports about my behavior. Ringing a bell job. And and how this has come across <laughs> to others. Unfortunately, I didn't realize that I was crossing the line with this, but that was made very clear to me in recent days. And as such, I now resign. So God, I can't yeah, wait to read wait to read these messages to see how out of touch he really is. Who are they too? Do we know that? Uh just female colleagues. That's all it says yep. at the moment. Yeah, so, makes sense. Yeah. All right. More to come on that. That's a spicy one. Definitely. All right, <laughs> spicy. Let's get cracking into the FA Cup games over the weekend and let's start where Jobber does not want to be. Manchester United lose to Middlesbrough on penalties and 
my God, what is going on at United, Jobber? They had at least three to four open goal opportunities that they missed. Yeah, it's kind of um, it's kind of bullshit from the FA, but we run into a red hot borough. Um, <laughs> so, no, uh, was, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, wrong. Like, like City get bloody what Fulham, and we end up with yeah borough at home. It's a bit unfair, but no, it was just awful. Sam, just truly awful. So I think Marcus Rashford, Bruno Fernandez, and Cristiano Ronaldo all had more shots than Middlesbrough, um, but just didn't put them away, and then eventually the. It just told. So I think the worst thing was too, like as the game went on, Manchester United's dominance became less and less and less. And then by the time it got to penalties, it was just an absolute disaster. It's one of those, I had that sense about it. Um, I've, like, you, I don't know if you felt this way, but when you can see that you've, you know, you've got all the possession, you're like having all these attempts and it's just not going in. And you're like, you can just tell how it's going to go. You can just tell that they're going to nip one at the end. Like, or but that, that, that goal was ridiculous. Like that is absolutely insane. That was clear as day handball, and I can't for the life oh, understand how yeah, that. Oh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't get how that was allowed at all. Like it's so weird. Yeah. Did they? I, I didn't watch the whole thing live. So did the commentators? Because I watched the package they put together that doesn't have the scoreboard or the time or commentary on it. So I didn't even know that if that goal was given until the, I did the math the, at the end. The but. commentators were like literally like, "Oh, the game's going to stop now. It's a handball," and then they're like, yeah. "It's kept going." Oh wait, it's a goal. And they like couldn't believe it was happening as well. They were just a shock. Yeah. So, so was, was there no VAR with that or something? Because it was at a. Um, <laughs> it was, I think, stadium. wasn't it? No, <laughs> I believe that they use VAR if they have it at the stadium, and I think Old Trafford, being the premium stadium in the land, has it. Um, yeah. But I suppose if you if you're relying on a VAR decision against Middlesbrough to be Barrett, yeah. like you're probably in a bad space already. But yeah, like a <laughs> couple of things, Job. Like did like, I mean, did you guys miss Greenwood firstly? And secckondly, like is this a blessing in disguise? For, <laughs> to go there. But you know what? Because <laughs> we have, we, it's one of those club competition. Because yeah, it's... To, to play in, and you can concentrate on getting in top four. I've been yeah, out of the loop. Is Greenwood injured? But, <laughs> but um, I'm gonna. That that's both libelous. Um, no, look, I think it's it's not because it's the only cup they could potentially win, and I think it, that would be the back door into Europe as well. I think this year because, like, we're not going to make the top four. We're just not good enough. There's too many games we're going to lose on the way home, and then Champions League. Like everyone knows, that's a bit of a joke. There's no way Manchester and I are going to do anything in Champions League. So you needed the FA Cup because we butchered the Carabao as well. So we can't even, <laughs> yeah, that we can't was the even, one. Yeah, we can't even get a cup run to sort of appease our our global fan base. I will say this, and I'm not normally gentle on Manchester United, but I did see signs of like other Liverpool performances that I've seen before where it is that realistically had things gone slightly different, like, you know, a couple of centimetres this way or that way, you guys could have been 5-0 up. At yeah, a certain like, point, like, but it just, just didn't. No, Sancho hit the bar with an empty yeah. net. Fernandez hit the post with an yeah, empty net. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ronaldo misses a pen. Like this, these things are like, they're like a lunar eclipse. Yeah, that's what I mean. Sometimes you just got to accept it, Lux, or or any, like things aren't going to go your way, and just cop the loss to a shit team. Um, but yeah. <laughs> All right, Barney, let's move on. I just wanted to check with Josh how he felt about that when Liverpool were copying shit losses to shit teams. Yeah, I used if to. You, if, you, if you if you were that wise back then, no, I used, no, because I used to say that. That's what I'm saying. I'll, I'll I used to whinge about that all the time, like like luck luck not going our way. So I'll give it to I'll give it to United when it happens to them. Jeez. They were the dominant team. Yeah, yep. Record that one. 
Alrighty, and we've touched on it briefly already, but Everton 4, Brentford 1. Big Frankie got a win in his first game, uh, banged 4 past Brentford, and the boys looked a bit more up for it than they previously had been against Rafa. Were there any other exciting signs you thought from Frankie's big first game? Jobber, I know you're a massive supporter of him. No, I wouldn't read too much into this. I think Brentford had other priorities, um, obviously staying up. Everton, this was a big deal for Frank, but I wouldn't get too excited about it. Yeah, I'm the at same. Least, no. At least they're stringing some form together, at least for them. Yeah, full 90 minutes. Exactly. All right. Uh, next one we got here, Tottenham 3, Brighton 1, a stellar performance from the Spurs boys. The only thing holding Brighton up was Yves Basuma trying to carry the whole team on his back. Harry Kane at the double. I mean, what else could you ask for as a Spurs fan? Absolute rearing performance. And a bit of consistency maybe. In the league. Well, let's just take it one game at a time. That's, not, <laughs> that's, that's the problem. Too, let's not be too hasty, all right? Yeah, no, it was a good, good win for the next round. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Nothing really jumped out for me in this game, but it was a fairly convincing performance for the most part, I'd say. Can't wait to get Man City in the next round to get pumped by <laughs> yeah. All right, Liverpool 3, Cardiff City 1. Josh, you were exceptionally happy about this game because your boy Harry Wilson was back. Uh, no, my boy, uh, Harvey Elliott. Close. Harvey Elliott. Harry Wilson's, wait, is he the one Fulham now? He went, uh, he went to Bournemouth for a bit, I think. Bournemouth. I don't know where he is now. Who cares? Yeah. Um, no, I know who you're talking about, but he, uh, no, I, I, cause I didn't know that, uh, Harvey Elliott was going to be back so soon. So when I saw him on the score sheet for the team sheet, I was like, oh, it's nice. And, uh, Luis Diaz came on for a bit too and got an assist. So that was, uh, that's, it's always nice. To beat Cardiff and have you have some, some players come back, so can't complain at all. Yeah, I refused to watch Lewis Diaz after he rejected Tottenham. <laughs> Dog. Uh, and the other one we got here, sure no look away now. Nottingham Forest four, Leicester City one, East Midlands derby, which I did Huge. not know about until it, how spicy and some of the after game footage, I guess, and during game footage of some unsavory Leicester fans there. Uh, yeah. Bunny, sure, no. Bunny, do you think Keenan Davis deserved to wear one? <laughs> well, I didn't know Sean I could get a flight back that quickly. <laughs> hey, all <laughs> I can the say is that you're lucky that we didn't send two bugs down to prison <laughs> instead, <laughs> instead of just the one. Because <laughs> the one really got out of hand there. And secondly, um, what do you keep saying? We like the. <laughs> Secondly, the biggest fan of um, Nottingham Forest is um, is that Robin Hood guy, and look how he turned out. So that's all I've got to say about that. No, um, nine, nine minutes, three goals, a bit of craziness. Um, yeah, Leicester couldn't defend the, the title, which we are still currently hold, which is a little bit disappointing, similar to job where I feel as though this could have been like some joy coming from um, Leicester's season. Yeah, a bit of a bit of a cut run. Um, we crushed out of the um, Carabao. So, yeah, it would have been nice to go a little bit further, but... Yeah, having said that, we've got a lot of work to do in the Prem, so it's, it might be a blessing in disguise, really. Um, we've just got one tournament to focus on from here on in. What's, it can be a bit um, like that. What, what is Daniel Amati thinking on that back about, pass? About his hair <laughs> and that one dreadlock that comes out the front or <laughs> defending? Let's keep blocking his vision when he's like looking back, like, oh, keeper's on my right, but it's just his little dreadlock yeah. in his eye. No, if you're talking about his haircut, I might have some answers. If you're talking about his defending, I don't think even Brendy has the answers for that. Jesus Christ. He's seen That's the worst attempt at turning a centre midfielder to a centre back. How's he yeah. playing in a Premier League team at centre back? It's fucking unbelievable. He's yeah, he's minging. He is crazy. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a uh, terrible game for Leicester and some uh, Leicester fans wanted to show that 
disappointment after the game, throwing tables and chairs into cafe windows in Nottingham. So that was a nice little send off for the for the locals. Hole anyway. <laughs> exactly. And uh, last game, just quickly want to touch on here: Boreham Wood won Bournemouth nil. And this was a massive upset because I believe Boreham Wood are a non-league team, correct? 74 like places it. below in the pyramid, Barney. Boring Ooh, game. Geez. So shout out to those boys. Great win and look forward to your mm-hmm. efforts in the next round of the Yeah, who they got? You know? Uh, hasn't been drawn yet, I don't think. Oh, okay, yep. the, the draw, the, there's not much interest in the draw anymore, no, to be honest. We're going to bring no. in Matt Letizia, get the draw, get some buzz <laughs> about the draw again, I say. <laughs> I reckon they should uh, let, he, let him have a bit of a speech before the draw because he's got some really interesting viewpoints. <laughs> interesting things for those yeah, who don't yeah, follow him true. on Twitter. Get, <laughs> get him on Twitter and broaden your mind. Open your eyes, people. <laughs> it's so obvious. Fuck me. All righty. Let's move on to the Premier League games that are happening midweek and we start off with a relegation six-pointer, Newcastle versus Everton. It's the derby of who made the best January transfer window. Do you think Big Frank will try and jam both Deli Alley and Donny into the same starting eleven, or will he be smart about it and try and play an actual decent squad? I'm um, not sure what the question is there, Sam. I'm going to go first here and just say that I think Newcastle are going to pump Everton because they haven't addressed any of their issues, Everton. I don't think uh, Frank Lampard's coaching over the, over the last eight days is going to be enough to sort out that back line. And with uh, Chris Wood getting balls whipped in at his forehead by uh, arguably one of the best crosses in the world, um, I think he's going to nod in a hat trick. Uh, Barney, are you excited to see the combination of St. Maximan and Chris Wood just to see how that plays out? Because you'd have St. Maximan out doing stepovers on the wing and Chris Wood sort of posting up almost at the six-yard box, being like, yeah, just clip it. Wait for the scraps. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, just just, just clip it now, now, or now. (laughs) I can't wait for Chris Wood to turn Alan St. Maximan into Ashley Barnes 2.0. You know. Just those little runs (laughs) off him. Just Josh's favorite player. Just can't wait for that. Yeah, you know those uh, that um, that gif of like that lady trying to do those calculations in her head, and there's all the math formulas flying around the screen. I'm picturing that. That's uh, Chris Wood while he's trying to time his run into the box with Maxwell running down the uh, wing. He's like, "Oh, he's going to cross it now. I go now. Oh shit! I've got to loop back out and come back in. He just he won't get it right." No, on a, on a serious note, but I, I tend to agree. I think Newcastle is going to win this game. Everton have been fairly dreadful lately, and um, I think they've they've had a pretty good window, and you can see what Eddie Howe's going to do, and Frank still confusing me, so I think Newcastle are going to win this one. Sure, no, what do you, who you got for this one? Yeah, I, like I just can't see um, sort of how or why Frank would change his team from the result he just got. So, yeah, for me, I think Frank will choose a, a similar lineup. Um, to the Brentford game, and I think they'll beat Newcastle. I think he. the only thing he will change is he will not be able to start Ben Godfrey because he looked like he tore the hamstring clean off the bone yeah, in that's... about the 12th minute. So <laughs> Yerry Mina will be getting a start, I imagine, Yeah, especially good. after that goal. Let's play so, from the back then, will we? Yep. What's, yeah. what's, what's Yuri Mina paying for a red card, Barney? Oh, geez, it must Dollar be short. 10. Uh, 83rd minute, I'd say. I think it's about (laughs) 250, but if Everton go behind, it goes down to about $1.01. It's almost guaranteed. Um, I think we're all pretty unanimous here. Newcastle should get the win over Everton, and it could be a tough start for old Frankie boy. All righty. 
Next one here, West Ham versus Watford. Roy, the boys' first big test. They got a nice nil draw uh, in a catch-up game against Norwich, it was, I believe, nil all. Uh, Great. Burnley, it was Burnley, Burnley mate. that's right. Sorry, and the condi- conditions were absolutely shit out. was nothing hey, nice about it. <laughs> did not concede a goal, though. Like you said, <laughs> first time in six managers since I haven't conceded a goal. Jobber, is Roy the boy got a chance here? Yeah, so just to clarify that statement, Barney, it depends on what I say. So it's six managers or 33 games, uh, which is just insane to think Doesn't, about. I, I, I still don't believe you. Still don't. Um, no, but look, it would be foolish to suggest they've solved their defensive woes just yet, but Roy will certainly get a foreign. I actually think with West Ham style and Watford's defensive uh, soundness under Roy, I genuinely think this will be a nil-all draw. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Um, however, I think that the changes implemented by Roy won't be enough Yet, I think I think West Ham will want to bounce back after their loss to which we didn't touch on. Was it Kidderminster? Was it Kid Kidderminster? Kidderminster, the team that doesn't that, have a logo. Do. Yeah, do. yeah, exactly. Enough said about who they lost. Oh, sorry, who they scraped through against um, in the FA Cup. So I think it was a bit of a reality check for them, and so they're going to bounce back a bit this week. What do opinion. you What do you reckon, Sean? You went to high school with Roy Hodgson. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, he did come in and do um, bring your grandpa to work day. So, yeah, he just caught me at the end. Um, no, I think um, with the with the big break we've had, I think what's going to happen is, especially in this round of games, is we're going to see like a few unusual results, um, like not as if you can trust form or anything like that at the moment, not as if any of these teams are inside a flow or anything like that. So, yeah, I'm expecting to see a couple of like unusual results this round of games. And this one, this one in particular just strikes me as a, a tough one. So I think Watford will get something out of um, West Ham here. And I think, um, I think they'll either get a draw or a win. So I'm on Watford's side here. I think Watford. I think the fortunes have definitely changed for Watford. And you, you can genuinely give them a chance now against West Ham with Roy the boy at the wheel. And let's hope he has a bit of success. All righty. On to the next with Burnley versus Man United at Turf Moor. This is a big game for Cristiano Ronaldo. If he does not score, he's on his biggest goal drought in over a decade. So he'll be on every pen, every free kick, every corner, correct? Jabba? Barney, can you, can you just clarify what is the uh, number of games that he's gone without scoring? Four at the moment, oh. and this could be five. So we're talking drought, drought, not just drought. Well, that's the, and that's the first time in a decade that's happened. Just shows how great he is. Now, nah, look, it's, it's a bit of a whoa, 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 a uh, bit of a concern to be honest, Sam, because Manchester United really haven't looked like they've turned a corner. Just said the performances are slightly better, but yeah, you do think, and I think I said this for the last sort of thirty-eight weeks, they should have enough quality to beat Burnley. They should. <laughs> they should. They should, shouldn't they? I I reckon they also should. I think they will scrap through. It won't be like a convincing one again. It'll be like a tail of two halves like they often do. And they'll have like a great first half and bag a goal or two. But I would realistically love to see Big Vakaitis make Harry Maguire look like an absolute <laughs> bitch. So uh, what do you reckon there? Do you reckon Harry Maguire is going to be 1.5 metres from him because he'll be coughing his guts up having come over to England <laughs> unvaccinated? <laughs> That's his plan, yeah. I, I reckon you've got to play... Big Hazard and Big Phil Jones because you need some grafters in there because I think Lindelof and Varane are just going to get bitched. 
He will, he will kill Lindelof, big horse, honestly. He will absolutely. I, I don't <laughs> think Lindelof, I, I'm genuinely convinced Lindelof can't head a ball. And like a six foot eight Dutchman is the last thing he needs. He, tur- he, tur- I, he turtles it when he goes to head. He always like. Yeah, I was going to say, he, how do you know he can't head a ball? We've never seen him head a ball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'd be amazing. He's just never done it. Job, I think um, uh, Maguire will be 1.5 meters off Vakaitis because he just won't be able to keep up with him. The change of pace will be too much. <laughs> All right, Barney, reel it in. I've got Manchester United to win this 4-0. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, all right, all right. More you ridiculous more? predictions. <laughs> I reckon more, yeah. At least seven. Oh, I reckon this is another game that has nil or draw written all over it. Yeah, I'd love to see that, to be honest. And I tell you what, I'd actually almost rather that than a Burnley win. It's because it's even more frustrating than a, than a, than a loss. It's so Bit of a, uh, yeah, 75% possession to United. 23 shots, 12 on target, no goals. Ronaldo with 22 of those shots. Can't wait to see it. Not out of his goal drought. He's failing. He is the worst player in the world. And the news cycle will move on. Alrighty. Let's go on to Tottenham versus South Their Academy. Hampton. Oh, no, Southampton. Oh. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Isn't Southampton Liverpool's That's Academy? Liverpool Academy, mate. Back yeah. oh, half, the, uh, half the squad goes to Liverpool, half the guy to Spurs. Surely Spurs will get this done, but at home against yeah. Southampton, a couple of new signings. How many, if any, will we see? Uh, I don't think we'll see any. I think what we'll see is Christian Romero coming back into the uh, starting lineup. He played the FA Cup game. He's back from injury, had a very good cup game, and I think he's exactly what Conte wants in the back line. Um, but that South American aggression about him in his defending style and uh, I think he'll be straight in, but Bentecourt and uh, Kulzewski will be coming off the bench, I would imagine. So who misses out for him? So I'd imagine he'll keep Dyer. He, he seems uh, to love Dyer. Probably Sanchez or I don't I don't even know if he'll get rid of Davis. He might actually pull Sanchez because he didn't play be Dyer Sanchez. in the cup. So it yeah, I think might, Dyer will it, definitely play. It might be uh, Sanchez, I think. And Barney, these two teams played each other what seems like very recently, didn't they? And I believe it was a draw. I've blocked that game out from my memory. I can't. Yeah, it was a draw. It was a draw against ten men for the second half, I think. Ah, yeah, that was a that was a bad game. Yeah, Salasu got sent off in the first half of Southampton, and then Tottenham hung on for a draw. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not actually no word of a lie. We really did hang on for a draw in that game because we were poor, but. I think it's, a lot of this also depends on what Southampton team turn up. Is it going to be, you know, Southampton team that knock, has knocked off a few of the big teams this year or the ones getting beaten by relegation battlers as well? So depending on which Southampton team turn up will also depend very heavily on who wins this game. But I still think Tottenham have got enough to get over the line for this one and squeak out a draw, a win. Not a draw, a win. <laughs> Oh, only just. Did we we didn't actually touch on it a bit earlier, but we may as well now we're talking about Tottenham. You boys would have heard about uh Levy complaining about uh Liverpool's transfer tactics. No. Fill me in. Uh, I think right. I'd like this. So uh obviously Tottenham were tapping up Diaz, getting him to come over, and then Liverpool swoop in and uh steal the, that. the signing. Yep. So Levy was so butthurt about it that he uh, caught was he threatened to call up John Henry. Is it John Henry, the owner of Liverpool? 
Boston, yeah, 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 yeah. Boston, Boston yeah. Sports Group or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and Fenway then Sports when group. Fenway Sports Group is the one. And then when John Henry found out about it, he uh, said that he was actually he would actually praise his uh, his Liverpool tacticians and his transfer strategists for actually stealing a, a rival off of uh, sorry a player off of a rival. So that yeah. one really turned around an old Levy, and it was not <laughs> going to work for him. Wasn't even hard because Levy's so like stingy with his bargain basement prices. He's he's trying to go. He shows his hand, and he doesn't even offer a good price. So too easy to steal it from underneath you. Yeah. But Levy, yeah, a- Levy didn't get it because um he was bending down picking up a um ten p off the ground. So <laughs> it was tied to a bit of string too, which Klopp out. <laughs> he's pulling it. <laughs> So what do you boys think? Do you think Tottenham can get through here or do you think Saints? Saints I'm going Saints. I'm going Saints. Yeah, I think it's Spurs. Thanks for the real predictions. All righty. Next one up here, Man City versus Brentford. Uh, Man City still carrying in some ridiculous form. 5-0, uh, Barney. Just yeah, move on. I feel for Brentford, <laughs> yeah. Nil. Nothing to talk about. 5-7. to seven. It's going to be it's, right. one, it's one of those flat track. Bully games, yeah. I think this screams 5-0. Um, Kevin De Bruyne will get some mad assist and, and Sterling will tap one in on the line. Standard. You'll put together you'll put together some shit video with De Bruyne putting an assist with Celine Dion banging in the background. <laughs> I don't want to say it. The transition to Sandstorm. <laughs> yeah, De Bruyne's, De Bruyne's ball to Foden against the bloody Brentford back four is better with Titanic music. Move on. Alrighty, and next one we got here is Liverpool versus Leicester. And what would have been a pretty exciting game not that long ago now looks like damage control for Leicester, Shawno. Yeah, for sure. This is a tough one for Leicester. Probably the only thing going in Leicester's favour is like are all the AFCON lads going to be back for um, Liverpool? So that, that might play into Leicester's hands. Leicester, a terrible result in the FA Cup. Um, yeah, as I said, form's a little bit tough to judge, but, I mean, you've got to lean towards um, Liverpool here. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't mind, as I said, some crazy results will happen this weekend, so I wouldn't mind this being one of them, but I'm probably leaning towards Liverpool. The other thing I'd like to say is if you're a Liverpool player, um, protect yourself at all times. <laughs> Yeah, we've seen what kind of damage you guys can do when you, you go down by a few goals. So um, I kind of agree, though, on that whole who's coming back from AFCON when thing. I think you got to have at least one of them back by by the time this game's on. You might have him back. Friday. Would, you, would you put him in the team? I don't know. I reckon Salah would be begging to get back in the team after losing AFCON. He sort of seems like that sort of bloke where to it'd be itching on. him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that would be the ideal one back too. Mane might be like, yeah, hey, I'll, take, I'll take the week off. Um, Got something to so, celebrate. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Still still drunk, still hungover. So yeah, I reckon I'd like to see Liverpool take this one comfortably, but I always get a bit nervous about Leicester. I think because Vardy loves scoring against us so much, it just makes me, that whole fixture feels like a bit of a banana feel. But uh, if I had to pick, I reckon Liverpool will hopefully be too strong. Vardy's still out, isn't he, Sean? Um, hamstring. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it, he's had a while off, so potentially he'd be back for this. I, it's I not know. so much him himself, but because of him, his, his fixture, aura. yeah, yeah, it still haunts. Yeah, exactly. he had a hamstring and he missed two weeks in those games in those last um, leading up to this, and then we've had two weeks off. So, yeah, I, I would imagine that he could be back for this. Yeah, that's true. It's true. 
Yeah, Barney, I've got Leicester, uh, Leicester to go down five nil here again. So. <laughs> Bloody hell! I just they were so they're like just embarrassed by Forrest. Yeah, Bash, bashing players like I just, I just can't. And with <laughs> Salah and Mane coming back, this could just be awful. Yeah, it's, they're uh, in form too. Does not look good for poor old Leicester. Um, and you know, hopefully for Shawno's sake, it's not too many past him. But the last one we've got here is. Wolves versus Arsenal. Uh, Wolves are really gunning towards those European spots at the moment and have four wins out of five in their past five matches. So I think outside of City are the informed team of the competition. Arsenal are still going okay, even though sort of started a little recently. Jobber, who do you see taking this one? Barney, I'm going to lay some complicated mathematics on you here again. If oh, not Wolves you and your score, facts. Oh, God. If Wolves score, they will win the game. So they've scored 19 goals this year and conceded just 16. Like they're just so hard to score against right now. Um, I think I think Arsenal, bit of instability. Like Aubameyang's gone and has uh, left a couple of barbs for Arteta as well. So I actually like Wolves in this one. Probably 1-0. Really? Oh, see, I'm going the other way. I'm leaning towards Arsenal. Um, Arsenal looking to avoid back-to-back losses in the league against Wolves since 1975. Isn't that crazy? And uh, Emil Smith-Rowe has uh, scored in his last three away fixtures. So yeah, he's hot. I'm leaning towards Arsenal here. Um, so Wolves, who we benched? Yeah. So, um, sold uh, to Rory, their sort of game-breaker. So, yeah, Arsenal for me. Who's he breaking the game for and in, in whose favour? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> some, of, some of his shooting is um, it's breaking chairs. It's breaking morale for the rest of the team, the bench, though, isn't he? Like, but imagine I'd, playing I'd say, eighty minutes and then he comes off the bench and runs at you. And you try and I grab would, his arm, and he slips straight but, off. Obviously, <laughs> baby oil. I would say he's like getting rid of him is their best bit of business because all having him in the squad did was just create more questions and like then answers for. You know, like, oh, should we start him? Should we not? Like, everyone's asking why you're not starting him. Coming off the bench, doesn't do anything. Like, now he's gone. They can actually just stick to the system yeah. they already had and not have to worry about jamming in a guy that didn't fit into the way they played at all. Apparently, um, Connor Cody's buzzing because there's uh, heaps of 45s left over in the gym now, so he can rack up. <laughs> <laughs> but, Finally. Um, buddy, I, I, I agree with you because, like, I think when you play Traore, you potentially have to sacrifice, like, Pedro Neto or Potence um, yeah. to get him in or Huang to get in the team. And, like, they're, like, they're genuine footballers. Like, Pedro Neto is good. And I think Daniel Potence is, like, in the top handful of players outside of the big teams. Like, I think, I think they're better mm. without him. He is the new Shakir. Yeah, I love the guy. So stocky <laughs> and short, it's unreal. Yeah, he is actually like right footed Shakiri. It's um, I think the thing with Traore was like, oh yes, there you go, there you go. It's just like regular Shakiri then. Um, the thing with Traore was that he would, yeah, he could burst past players and create so many good opportunities out of nowhere and that. But he'd also kind of do part of the defending for you when you know you could like. Let him burn you down the sideline because you're like, there's about a 95% chance he's going to sky it or kick it out for a throw in or something. So just let it play out and roll the dice. Whereas now they'll have a bit more structure to their build up, I think. So I am going to tip Wolves in this one. Or, yeah, or with Trory, just let him shoot and he'll miss. So it doesn't, it really didn't matter if yeah. you defended him or not. He wasn't going to score. He'll beat you and beat himself. Yeah. He finally exactly. broke the goal duck and then left the club. That's how he got the transfer. <laughs> but I was like, oh shit, he can score. Put 20 million on him. No, he's gone back to his boyhood club where he was half the size when he left. 
Uh, yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think Wolves might have the the shtick over Arsenal here and and get the win. So I think we're mostly mostly confident on Wolves outside of uh, Shawno. But uh, that is all we have on the EPL games for midweek. Uh, I guess the email bag's still fairly dry, Jobba. Uh, it's it's like the Sahara Desert in there, mate. It is empty, but we do have a tweet um, from Matt Letizia, which we might end on, boys. Yeah, goodbye, everyone. We'll see you next week. And we'll just end on this Matt Letizia tweet real quick. Um, the people who hit Anne Frank were breaking the law. The people who killed Anne Frank were following it. Regards, oh. Matt. <laughs> think, about, think about that when you go to sleep tonight. <laughs> and we're out. Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. Yeah.